you do if you could do anything? Welcome to The Purpose Effect. I'm Elena. Join me for weekly conversations on purpose with women who have found it and are impacting their worlds with it. Every image of the card is a reflection of our inner thoughts or our our inner insecurity. The person who who is the one deciphering the card it is actually the client or the querent. What does tarot, tarot reader do? People usually come to you when they have issues. What a tarot reader does is that they pick out cards so they help you structure your thoughts and structure your mind. The world is full of variety, even though you know you shouldn't just group people in just 12 zodiac signs. You have to look, let's say, you, can, you have to look at the entire um, um, chart. It, you know, in a way, like stay in your lane because what is meant for you is meant for you. You, you, you don't need to follow what society tells you. Welcome back, everyone. And here's to a new year, 2022. What do you have in store for us? Please, please, universe, tell me it's something good. I've taken a bit of a break and managed to travel internationally for the first time in more than two years to spend some quality time with family over Christmas and the new year. I'm now back, quarantined in my home and ready to get stuck into these weekly conversations on purpose. And as this is our first episode of 2022, what better way to bring in the new year than to talk about what it has in store for us? And to do that, I am very excited to be talking to Sarah May Lowe. Sarah is one of Malaysia's top astrologers and tarot card readers. But Sarah didn't always believe in the power of the universe. In fact, there was a time when she was a skeptic. We sat down at the end of last year to talk about the major life moment that made her reassess everything the relationship between spiritual and psychological practices, and how tarot and astrology can help us all become the best versions of ourselves. But to begin with, we talk about what led her to leave a career in advertising to become a full-time astrologer and tarot card reader with clients throughout Asia and beyond. Okay. So my, my background is um, my first degree. I was a bachelor degree in um, journalism and also um, public relations, but I went into advertising. So I was in the media line. So I, I love media a lot. It's very, very vibrant. I meet a lot of friends. You know, I get to try out new things all the time because um, whenever there's a launch, you know, the, the media are the first people that can, you know, see that product. So it was so exciting and so um, vibrant. But I was working really, really hard in, in my 20s. Like all of us, you know, we are hustling because we want all those material stuff like the status. We want to excel because there's something that, you know, society tells us, you know, go to school, do, do well in your job. So I was constantly chasing and chasing. And I was a very, like, you know, the, like one of the best salesperson in the industry. I always hit my KPIs all the time. But I was working to the point where I got very, very sick. Um, you know, I was working every single day up to 1 a.m., 2 a.m. because we always have campaigns and, you know, when campaigns go wrong, we have to like stay in the office and we have to stay up and, and things like that. So at that point of time, I was still in my 20s and I, I always think that, oh, you know, Sarah, you can, you can do this, you can hustle because you're still young. But it was to the point that, you know, I wasn't getting enough sleep. But my body was already telling me, you know, Sarah, 
You need to take care mm-hmm. of yourself. Slow down. Sometimes, like, even though your mind is really strong, but your body is actually telling you something else. Or, you know, spiritual, like, you know, on the spiritual side, it's telling you something else. So in 2017, 2000, and 2018, I had major surgeries because I had, like, uh, certain uh, stomach issues that require, su- require surgery. And that point, at the same time, in 2017, after my surgery, like two months after my surgery, my dad passed mm-hmm. away. So after my, my dad passed away at his funeral, I was looking at the people coming in and out, in and out. And there were so many people that, you know, I've never seen before. But they were crying and they were grieving. And I was like, who are, who are all these people? Why are they crying? And they kept on telling me, oh, you know, your dad was a good man. You know, he helped me and things like that. So I asked myself, Sarah Melo, you know, if you're going to drop date tomorrow, what is pe- what are people going to say at your funeral? Okay, you know, she's quite good looking. She's, she's quite funny. She did quite well in, in her career. That's about it. Then I start to question my purpose at my father's funeral itself. So it took me like one year-ish for me to, to quit my um, corporate career. And at that point of time, after being in advertising, after being in corporate for 10 years, to leave that comfort zone, it was a bit hard. So I, I had a bit of like a, an imposter syndrome. But somehow or rather, a lot of spiritual things happened to me. Like, it's, it's like a cliche when they say, okay, you know, if you find, you know, your real passion, everything will yeah. fall into place. That was how it mm-hmm. all happened. So when I was in corporate, I was already reading cards because I love analyzing people's like, you know, psychology. And I was a salesperson, so I yeah. meet people all the time. And, and sometimes when we, when we talk to people and um, they, you know, when there's nothing else to talk about, you'll be like, you know, what's a, what's a zodiac sign? And I always had tarot cards in my handbag. <laughs> so I was like, okay, you know, do I read tarot cards? I actually have tarot cards in my handbag. So it was true, astrology and tarot. It was, that, it was through those, um, you know, means that I form a very, very strong friendship with my clients mm-hmm. in advertising. Yeah. And because they, they really, really love me so much and they think that, oh, you know, you're quite knowledgeable. Why not you read for the entire agency? So I started reading for advertising agencies and, and advertising agencies, their clients are brands like Acer, Johnny Walker, Lazada. And I started reading for brands. So that was how my career started, even though it wasn't intentionally. Yeah, so that was how it happens. So I was like, okay, how come everything is so smooth? And I feel really, really happy. Because even though, so everyone think, always think that tarot reading is just like a party trick. You know, something, you know, you just play for fun at events. But after thinking about it and reflecting about it, and I see how people how people around me actually change my life through the guidance from the cards, I was like, whoa, this is actually something really serious and it's a powerful yeah. tool. Because I dare to say that 99% of my clients actually change their life. So that's why um, like culturally, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm Chinese. And in Indian culture, Chinese culture, in, or in traditional Asian cultures, we believe in these kind of things. But a lot of traditional readings, they would tell you that things are set in stone. For example, if you're going to die at 40 years old, you're going to die at 40 years old. If you're never going to get married, you're never going to get married. But in Western-style um, astrology or tarot reading, we always believe that the power is in your okay. hands. You have the power to change your life. 
So even though culturally I'm Chinese, I do not agree with the perspective that things are mm-hmm. set in stone. Also, because I'm an Aquarius and you have a lot of Aquarius in your life, we're yeah. freaking stubborn. <laughs> if you tell us not to do this, we got to do it, man. <laughs> yeah. So then you went to New Zealand to study astrology. Now, that's interesting to me, partly because I'm a Kiwi, but also why New Zealand? Surely there are plenty of practitioners to study from in Asia. Right before I, I, I left for New Zealand, um, in 2010, before I left the New Zealand, so I was in New Zealand in 2011. Mm-hmm. But in 2010, it was my first ever, 11 years ago was my first ever reading. I used to be a, a skeptic. But I had this friend who's a, who's a businessman. He's like, okay, you need to see this Feng Shui master. She's so accurate. So, okay. It's like, okay, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to you. And so I'm going to, you know, this for fun, out of curiosity. And she said a lot of things that um, manifested. Okay. So all the good things manifested. So one of it was um, way back, like 13, 14 years ago, I wanted to be a singer. So I have a master's degree in performing arts. So I thought I was going to be a singer. So, but she said, after looking at my chart, she's like, mm, Sarah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that um, you will have opportunities to perform, but I don't think you will actually become a singer. From your chart, it says that you would f- first become a corporate woman and then you will start your own business and you would be very popular regionally mm-hmm. using, using the skill of speech. It was in Chinese. So it's like, you know, the skill of like talking and communicating okay. speech. So way back, I was young and passionate. It's like, how dare you, you know? I'm, I'm meant to be a superstar. I'm meant to be a singer. How dare you? So I was, because I was out of like being so stubborn, I wanted to prove her wrong. So that was the, one of the reasons um, for me, like starting to study astrology. And at the same time, I just like broken up from like my very, very first boyfriend. So I, I ran away to, you know, so dramatically ran away <laughs> to New Zealand because I had, I had family there. So my un- uncle was there. So it was over there that, you know, I was like, you know, searching about things like this, like feng shui, astrology. And I came across this, um, this course um, from this astrology teacher. To be honest, I, I don't know what happened to her because when I took lessons for her, she was already quite old. So her name is okay. Carol Squires okay. and she's, she's an Aquarius also. <laughs> And, and the strange part was, I've always thought that I was a Pisces because my birthday is on February 19th. So okay. traditionally, people who are born February 19th, it's like the first day of Pisces. So I thought, I've always thought I was a Pisces. Mm-hmm. But she was the person who told me that, you know, Sarah, I looked at your chart. You're not a Pisces. You're an Aquarius like me. And she was also a February 19th uh, Aquarius. Okay. The, the reason why both of us are Aquarius because we were both born on a leap year. Oh, I see. So, so, so the day extended one year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it was true that astrology course 11 years ago, I found out that was actually an Aquarius. So I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so why, interesting. That's yeah. why I'm more logical <laughs> than the typical Pisces. That makes sense. It's so interesting that these small differences, changes in dates and time can make such a difference. I mean, mm-hmm. I I have twin boys, as I was saying, mm-hmm. and they were born only one minute apart. It was very, yeah. very quick. Yeah. But they they would have different rising signs. Is that right? Well, they might have different. It depends. It depends on the chart. So I need to look at the chart. It also, um, def- 
I don't know whether they have different arising signs, but definitely they have different degrees because okay. every degree, like one degree, two degree, also make a difference. So, so that is why it is quite hard to just, uh, you know, judge people based on their sun sign alone. Yeah. And I get this, this like private messages all the time. It's like, Sarah, you know, I'm this sign, you know, do I match with uh, this sign or this sign or, or, or this sign? Then it's like, mm, it's quite hard to see like, you know, the sun sign alone because I need to look at the entire chart to see whether you're compatible with this person. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and believe it or not, that first teacher in New Zealand, why she studied astrology was because she had twin daughters. Ah, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, because my boys are very different in personality, very different in personality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what is the difference between tarot reading then and a birth chart reading? What what would you use these two different forms of divination for? Um, tarot reading is a form of divination, but astrology or birth chart reading, uh, natal birth chart reading, it is not. So nature, nat- natal birth chart reading, it is the science of the stars or uh-huh. science of the sky. Divination is tarot, tarot reading. Um, in Chinese, there's also something called I, I Ching. So that, that is when, I don't know whether you've visited uh, Chinese temples where they shake something and something fall off. So that is called, that is called uh, I, I Ching or Kao Tim. Yeah. There is this um, psychologist called Carl Jung, J-U-N-G, but yes. you pronounce Jung. Yeah. So Carl Jung, he's an astrologer himself. Okay. Yeah. And and in the nineteen in the nineteen thirties, he actually had a seminar because he was so curious. It's like, okay, how come I I, I you know I did this tarot, tarot reading? How come it is so um you know accurate? How come it like I Ching or Kao Chim is so accurate? How come tarot is so accurate? So his perspective of it, it is that every image of the card is a reflection of our inner thoughts or what or our inner insecurity. Mm-hmm. The person who is real, who is the one deciphering the cards, it is actually the client or the querent. What okay. does tarot, tarot reader do? People usually come to you when they have issues. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's all jumbled on their mind and they're so confused. What a tarot reader does is that they pick out cards and they put it like, you know, in, in, in right in front of you. So they help you structure your thoughts and structure your mind. When you pick up the cards, you can see your thoughts also being structured into mm-hmm. those boxes or those categories. And divination, it is one thing will lead to another and will lead to this result. Okay. So that is why in, in tarot reading, it is called a divination because divination cannot see more than 12 months. It only can see short term. So that is called divination. Mm-hmm. And um, divination, you will always have a form of homework. That right. is why you get certain results. Mm-hmm. For example, oh, I want to look for my soulmate. Then I ask my client, okay, so what have you been, been doing, you know, to find your soulmate? Oh, I've been sitting at home watching Korean dramas. And I was like, <laughs> how are you going to find your soulmate? The person that, that is at your door, ding dong, ding dong, ding dong, that's your food panda and your grab, <laughs> your grab food and your Shopee, you know, 11-11 sale purchase. That is, not your, that is not your soulmate. So if the cuts are showing that, okay, this card shows that you actually need to network and socialize more. Even if you like sitting at home, you need to swipe left or swipe right. You need to go on online dating. Yeah. So there is always that homework element. Mm-hmm. And that is why 99% of my clients who do their homework, they always see results. 
Yeah, so you, you can, so there is actually a psychological um, explanation to this, which eventually, because I'm a scholar, eventually I, I am planning to write journals on things like this. How can tarot actually help with life coaching? How can astrology actually complement counseling or, you know, clinical psychology work and things like that? Oh, that's really interesting. I would love, mm-hmm. love to hear, hear more about that as well when, um, when those are, uh, those writings in that I'll book has come. I'll yeah, yeah, please, <laughs> please let me know. So mm-hmm. what, what are the most common reasons that people are coming to you for readings? Love? Yeah, definitely the top two, it is um, relationship and also career because that, you, that is usually the top two biggest issue or problem in your life. It's either relationship or career. But I have like very specific uh, questions um, that I get sometimes, for example, or I have an argument with my mom or my sister, how do I solve it? Or I want to migrate to um, these three countries, um, Singapore, Thailand, Indonesia, which one is better than me? Or I'm going after 10 girls, <laughs> which one is the better you yeah. know, marriage, marriage prospect? Yeah, so I, I do get like specific questions like that. But top two is definitely career and relationship. So this kind of, leads me into something we were talking about before, the mm-hmm. misconception that uh, astrology and tarot are about predicting the future. Mm-hmm. But how can we actually, you like as a client, how could I mm-hmm. use a reading to make better decisions for myself about okay. either my career or my relationship, for example? Yeah. yeah, okay. So first of all, the client need to pick a very good reader or practitioner. Because mm-hmm. I do find that there are a lot of practitioners. Because before I became a practitioner myself, I was a client. Yeah. So I went to feng shui reading, palmistry, and all that. And I find that there are a lot of practitioners that do, do not know how to teach you um, ways or give you tools to change your life. Mm-hmm. In a way that, like I say, they project certain things onto you. Mm-hmm. So there was one year, in, in the past, I used to go for my Chinese uh, reading every, every year because it's a, Ch- it's a Chinese thing. But I stopped doing that because there was one year where I went to this very famous master and he said that, okay, this year is a very bad year for you. That was like, oh my God, how can I change it? Or how can I improve it? Or what do I need to avoid? He's like, just be patient, you know? 365 days, you just be patient. And, you know, <laughs> just sit down and, and wait for it to pass. You just weather it through. That was like, that's bullshit. You know, I, I, there's definitely certain guidance or something like that. That yeah. is why I started to study it because I don't believe that, you know, you need to sit down and wait. There is definitely certain homework you need to do. So that is why um, always take everything because you, you do not know, you know, in your first time meeting this person, you do not know whether this person is a good reader or not. So do not get influenced, like, you know, influenced by the other person. Always take everything just as a guidance. At the end of the day, the ultimate choice is your own choice. So that is why, and, and because I have an academy, I always tell my students, number one, do not project your emotions on, onto people. It's very unprofessional. Number two, do not play God. Yeah. Do not tell anybody to, you know, divorce their spouse or, you know, things like that. It's like, are you going to, you know, pay for the karma for children losing their parent? Mm-hmm. You cannot play God. You only can tell them, okay, right now I can see that you're already unhappy. And that is what I can see. But at the end of the day, whether you want to really work with this other person, like go for counseling or do something about it, or whether you just want to leave, ultimately it's your decision. 
Mm-hmm. But I can see you are very unhappy. Yeah. So as a reader, we only can say certain things. Like I don't read death. I don't read pregnancy. I do not force my opinions on, onto people and just stick everything just as a guidance. At the end of the day, ultimately, it is your decision. Yeah. But has, has there ever been a situation where you've mm-hmm. seen something in a reading that was very worrying to you, that you thought maybe your client was about to or in an unsafe situation? Have you ever been in a situation where you felt, I need to intervene or I need to say something to protect this person? All the time. <laughs> <laughs> All the time. People only come to me when they are in like a dire situation. That's mm-hmm. that like you know very very des- desperate situation where in logic cannot even answer those questions anymore. Then yeah. you need like spiritual guidance, guidance from the divine. So I, I I see it all the time. But were there a time where I made uh, decisions for my clients? I would say yes. Mm-hmm. Even though original, you know, it's it's quite contradicting with what I say just now. Yeah, but it was a situation where I need to, for example. Um, safety issue. Um, mm-hmm. A woman is being abused. Okay. Yeah. Then of course, girl, pack your bag right now. Leave. Go to the police station or go to your, you know, your family member. Mm-hmm. As a woman to another woman, I need to do that. Yeah. That is more of like you know, um, definitely. There's always like you know that fine fine line. Most yeah. of the time, I do I do not cross that line. Yeah. But there is a situation where it involves like you know someone wanting to commit suicide already. Yeah. Or, you know, they are in an unsafe situation. Of course, I, I need to step in. It's interesting that you say that because also when you make the comparison towards um, sort of the kind of work that psychologists will do or life coaches will do, they are also taught that if you have a client who's in an unsafe situation, that is a situation where you can uh, intervene if you think that the safety of your of your client is at risk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So 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 there is always that that fine fine line. So sometimes also I usually do not read for clients under 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Um unless it is like their parents who who are the one that is like you know bringing in me on board telling me to speak to their kid. So some children and 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 it's actually very common. So a lot of teenagers they have like suicide ideations yes. right now. I don't know whether it's because of social media and, and friends influence or they do, they feel that you know they are not part of a friendship group or something like that. And because they are young, they do not know how to emotional regulate. They always feel that you know I need to end my life. You know I'm, yeah. I'm useless. Nobody want me. Nobody want to be friends with me. So sometimes I do speak with um um teenagers like this or or, or kids like this. Like after my session with the kid, I would actually sit with the parents. So yeah. it is case by case basis. I I I would say yeah. That's that's worrying. Um, that mm-hmm. I don't know if it's certainly these last two years have been extremely difficult for children. They haven't been in school. They haven't had. They've been at home with their parents, and if they can't talk to their parents, they don't have access to teachers or friends or all of the other people that they might be able to talk to. It's even more isolating. And I've certainly spoken to a few friends of teenagers who have found that their kids have really struggled over the last two years. And social media doesn't make it any easier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And children do not have free will. You know, they cannot drive a car. Like as adults, when we're angry or, you know, if you have like argument with your husband, okay, I'm going to go, go to the supermarket for two hours. Yeah. But as children, you cannot do that. You cannot leave the house. And yeah. not, not only the kids are stressed out, parents are stressed out and they're projecting it onto the children 
And all the children, the, the kid can do is like, you know, hide in the room. That's all. Yeah. Difficult. So let's talk about um, this overemphasis on sun signs. You mentioned it uh, mm-hmm. a while ago. So mm-hmm. I'm a Gemini. Mm-hmm. And one of the commonly quoted characteristics of Geminis mm-hmm. is, you know, we're good communicators and we can operate well and lots of situations, but we can also be flighty or very changeable because we're interested in many, many things. First of all, like, does that mean that my potential is somehow limited because I happen to be born as a Gemini? What can we do to, uh, to change the way we operate in the world? And why is it not a good idea to focus too heavily on your sun sign? Yeah. I always believe that everybody can be the best version of their sign and also worst version of their sign. So unfortunately, a lot of um, Gemini and Scorpio, Gemini and Scorpios are actually the two top most hated signs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and the reason being it is that one, uh, for Scorpios, it's very hard to understand them emotionally. Mm Mm-hmm. And for Gemini, because they actually change their mind quite often, it's quite hard to understand them mentally. So I always get a lot of complaints. Oh, you know, my boss, my husband, my kid, my girlfriend is a, is a Gemini. It's so hard to understand. Then I would tell I would tell my friends and my clients, don't worry, they don't even understand themselves. Yeah, that's true. Oh my goodness. I feel seen, Sarah May. Yes, finally. I can see clearly now the rain has <laughs> and, and and but and the thing is right you know the world is full of variety even though you know you shouldn't just group people in just 12 zodiac sign you have to look like say you can you have to look at the entire um, um chart it, itself mm-hmm. so even though there are a lot of people who do not understand gemini i think aquarius is one sign that truly understand the gemini mm-hmm. my soul my soulmate is a gemini ah yeah, that's interesting. And, and I never believed in soulmates until I, I met I met this person. So, what changed your mind then? What did it feel like? Because we understand each other, mm-hmm. it's it feels that we are from the same planet. Ah. So sometimes I think as Gemini's or even as an Aquarius, Aquarius are also quite hard to understand. But once you get that person, you get them. Yeah. And everything is smooth flowing. So that's why I think gen- like generally you get along with Aquarius. It's mm-hmm. because you, you are all in like in a, the, the same element. We are all air signs. Yeah. We like to do a lot of things. We like to think a lot. Mm-hmm. We like to communicate. You know, we value our friends. We like to have a lot, a lot, lot of friends. We like what is important to us. It is not like um, you're good looking. Or, you know, you have a lot of money. It's not the material thing. It's not like, oh, you know, let's cry together. Mm-hmm. It's more like mental, being on the same page, being on the same wavelength. Yeah. So Can- I, I always feel that Gemini and Aquarius and maybe also Libras because they are also air sign. My husband is a Libra. Perfect, perfect match. <laughs> we, are, we are all aliens. We are like aliens from the same planet. Yeah, yeah. And, and the reason why I never believe in, like, you know, soulmate, past life, and things like this, that are too woo-woo in the past, mm-hmm. is because I find that a lot of people are actually not with their soulmate. They yeah. are in a relationship where it's abusive, and because they refuse to leave, they tell me that it's their soulmate. They say, no, this person is, like, you know, like, abusing you. This is, this is not your soulmate. Yeah. 
you have emotional issues and you have certain psychological or mental health issues or yeah. attachment or attachment issues. Mm-hmm. This is not your soulmate. So that's why I never believe in like soulmates until, you know, I met an alien from the same planet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, congratulations. Yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. Mm-hmm. So how then can we use the process of, of whether it's an astrological reading or a tarot reading to, to discover and live our true potential? Yeah. So on, on a surface level, just sun sign alone, I actually find it really, really beneficial, especially when I was in corporate. It, I, I find that it really, really helped me to understand people, at least on a surface level. For example, like I knew that you were, you were a Gemini because, you know, you sent me that list of questions, you emailed me and you told me you're, you're a Gemini. So because you're a Gemini, I know that talking to you today, I can actually be myself. Yeah. <laughs> you would understand me, you would get me, you you know, you will know where I'm coming from. But let's say I am talking to, you know, a water sign such as a Scorpio or Pisces or a Cancer sign. I would actually be more more emotional. I would talk about, you know, case studies. Okay, this happened to a client and it was a very emotional situation and uh, you know. So, have you so on a surface level I think astrology and tarot helps you with understanding the other person mm-hmm. or understanding how to um, navigate your way in a certain situation. Yeah. So, so that is why I say at the end of the day, just use it as a guidance. Even sun sign alone, even though I say do not do not look just at the sun sign, but sun sign alone can actually give you a lot of, uh, you know, a perspective. Yeah. So in the past, I used to be a salesperson. So when mm. I'm doing my, uh, my, my presentation, so I will ask, okay, so what is your boss sign? Oh, my boss is a Virgo. Virgo are very analytical mm-hmm. and they want past data. Okay. Past data meaning that, oh, 20 years ago, this happened or the past 10 years, this happened. So they want past data. Air signs wants future data because we are visionaries. Ah. So be like 10 years down the road, this will happen. So I think I'm going to study this subject because it's going to be, it's going to boom. Again, I feel seen. <laughs> aliens, you're aliens <laughs> from the same planet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is really, I can see how it's so helpful in a sales perspective, right? If you just yeah. understand a little bit more about how the person you're trying to convince thinks yeah, mm-hmm. it must really help with your ability to convert. Yeah, and and not only just sales. I always, I also believe that even if you're a different element or different zodiac sign from your partner, mm-hmm. if you understand them, things will work out beautifully. Mm-hmm. And the problem with so I'm actually writing a PhD thesis on love and relationship. So I know this. I have the data at my fingertips. Fifty mm-hmm. percent of marriages end up in divorce. Unfortunately, yeah. this is, is the, the reality of it. And but when my clients come to me and I see divorce cases happening every single week, I see when I when I have clients coming to me, I always believe that deep down, even though as an air sign we are very logical, but deep down, maybe both of us we actually hopeless for romantics. And I always believe that love can truly conquer all. So I always mm-hmm. believe love can conquer all. And when I see divorce cases and I ask my clients, actually what do you truly want to tell your husband or your wife? And because I'm their reader, they tell me, you know, the honest truth, what is truly Mm -hmm. from their heart. And I tell them, if I'm your husband or your wife, and you tell me something like this, that really touched my heart, 
I don't think that both of you would actually end up in a divorce. It's most of the time, both parties are loving each other with their ego, not with their heart. And because of ego, we refuse to understand each other's language of love. But once we understand each other's language of love, I always believe that love can truly conquer all. And a lot of divorce cases would not happen. Definitely, they are deal breakers. For example, abuse or addiction issues or adultery, they are. But to be honest, from 7,000 readings that I have done, that is only like you know 10% of the divorce cases. They were mm-hmm. abuse, they were addiction, they were things like that. But majority of it, 90% of it, it's two person not being able to understand each other's perspective or understand each other's language of love. Yeah. I mean, communication issues, right? That's one of the biggest issues for a breakdown in any yeah. kind of relationship. Yeah, because the mm-hmm, the core foundation of every relationship, even friendship or even like, you know, a parent-child relationship is trust. Yeah. But trust can only happen with communication. Mm-hmm. And understanding, a feeling that you're, you're communicating with somebody who really understands you. And that's why we've, we've just met for a few minutes, but somehow we can really, really communicate. I think like, you know, even if you're not talking today, even as friends, like, you know, just meeting for the first time, we would actually really, really gel. Yeah, I think so too. But I also have the feeling that you're the kind of person who gels well with a lot of people. I do. I am. I, 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 I do agree with you because I am, a, I am a performer, so I can actually perform. Mm-hmm. In, my close, in my close clique, I'm very selective of who I share my energy with. Yeah, but on a surface level, I can really I can perform because I'm a performer and I was a salesperson. Yeah, so I've always talked to people. Yeah, yeah, but people who truly understand stand me are rare. Yeah, rare. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the year ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a pretty rough two years with COVID huge impact on everything from impacts on our business, impacts on our finance, impacts on our mental health. Mm-hmm. Have you forecast anything for 2022? And are there brighter spots ahead for us all? I've got my cuts here. Ah, let's do it now. Okay. So let's see what's going to happen for 2022. So on an astrological point of view, um, right now I'm doing tarot cards, mm-hmm. but from an astrological point of view, right now it, it is actually the age of Aquarius. Yeah. It started um, in December 2020 and it's go, um, it will be the age of Aquarius for like a, a few hundred years. Mm-hmm. So I would say that this pandemic happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. Everyone, did, or everyone always asks me, Sarah, when will things get back to normal again? You know, the past two years, I always get this question. Sarah, when will things get back to normal again? And I tell them that things will never get back to normal. It's a whole new world. You need to accept it. You really, really need to accept it. So, but from the positive perspective, a lot I find that a lot of people are much more resistant now. They realize that what couldn't kill me really, really made me stronger. Yeah. So I picked up three cards. So let's see what does the card says. And it's very interesting because the first card, it is the lover's card. Ah. And lover's card, it is actually the year, the, the card for 2022. Okay. Because two plus zero plus two plus two equals to six. And 
lover's card, it is number six. Mm-hmm. And what is interesting about the lover's card, it is that this card is the card that represents the Gemini zodiac sign because there's ah, two people here. Okay. But just now, when I picked the card, it was in reverse. So what does this mean? From a career or business or like, you know, because this is just a general overall reading for everyone out there or who, who are listening, I would say that a lot of people are wanting to do something, but maybe the first half of the year may not be the time to do certain things yet. Okay. So this one, this card, lover's card means like wanting to do the things that you love, but when it is in reverse, it means that there will be certain um, hurdles still. Because the next card, it is actually a celebration. Ah. I foresee that there will be a lot of um, marriages happening next year. Yeah, so I do see marriages, and this card is upright, so it is positive. And because this is this card is number four, when there are four pillars here or four wands or four sticks over here, it symbolizes stability also. The last card, it is the hangman card. Oh, that doesn't sound good. The thing is, a lot of people are quite scared of this hangman card. However, look at the card closely. Mm-hmm. This hangman does not show that you're hang at the neck. This person is no, no. upside down, hang at the leg. Yeah. So when you watch Batman movies, when Batman or bats, when they sleep, they sleep upside down. So when, when Batman, when he's sleeping upside down, he's actually reflecting and thinking. Okay, how can I defeat the Joker? How can I defeat that, that penguin man? So next year, people will also still be in that reflecting mode. You see, there's a sun around this person's head. It means an enlightenment. They, they will be uh, more progress compared to the past one and a half years, but people are still like reflecting. What is my next step? This pandemic really crushed and break down a lot of our foundation. Yeah. So that's why I, I see that next is a 50-50 year. They will be progress, mm-hmm. but at the same time, people still do not know what to do yet. For example, even young, like, you know, young people who are wanting to go to university, what should I study? Because right mm-hmm. now, all industries looks like, you know, when let's say there's another pandemic in the next 10 years. Yeah. Will, will this career still be that safe career? Mm-hmm. Or do I need to really, really follow my heart instead of following what society tells me to do? Yeah. It's just been so much uncertainty. And it sounds like there's still uncertainty to be, uncertainty to be seen next year, but there's still opportunities as well. And there will be some, um, some causes for celebration. But we really need to think about what it is we're going to be focusing, I think. Mm-hmm. Also have some time to reflect and if our lives have changed significantly over the past two years, yeah. how we're going to mm-hmm. yeah, to adjust. To be honest, I'm I'm not I'm not worried I'm not worried about the air signs at all. The Aquarius, the Gemini's and the Libras, because they are air, they can adapt very easily. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. say tomorrow I'm gonna tr- like throw a task to you or throw an opportunity for you. I think you can actually do it. So I'm not yeah. worried about the air signs. It's the more like stubborn signs. So Aquarius are a bit stubborn, but mm-hmm. if if there is like a logical explanation, we can actually move very, very fast. We will actually yeah. believe that like, take like take on that idea very fast. But like people who are more, much more stubborn mm-hmm. and they always had this concept, okay, I need to follow this path. So this journey that you've taken into divination and also astrology, what has it taught you about yourself? Do you think you know yourself better now? Oh, definitely. 
I think more than the average person or the average Malaysian, definitely. And why is that so? Because as a practitioner, I always believe that I need to lead by example. Mm-hmm. If I tell my client to work hard, I need to work hard. If I tell my client to study hard, I need to study hard. If I tell my client, don't sleep with a married man, I need to not sleep with a married man. <laughs> yeah. So so it, it makes me more accountable. Like hold my, I hold myself accountable for the things I say. So I tell my clients, don't go into toxic relationship. And let's say I'm, de- I'm dating someone toxic. I was like, no, 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 no. You know, I need to lead by example. I need to, you know, listen to my own advice. Yeah. And yeah. compared to my advertising career, I love my advertising career. It was vibrant. But I, I feel that it was a very surface level kind of thing. Like, you know, there's constantly parties and launches and things like that. It was so vibrant. But deep down, I never looked within. It's like, okay, who am I supposed to be? And I find that deep down, I'm actually a healer. Yeah. So then knowing that, what does purpose mean to you? Yeah. So purpose, I think it is. Uh, what Oprah Winfrey said, Oprah Winfrey is, a, is, a, is an Aquarius, by the way. Oh, she really? Said, she said that a person's real purpose, it is true service. Because at the end of the day, when you sit in a cafe or in a restaurant and you, you know, you people watch, you look at everybody around you. Everyone around us ultimately all want the same thing. In love, they want someone who truly understands them and accepts them in love. Mm-hmm. In, in career or in, our, in terms of our purpose, we want to change the world. We want to make society better. We want that feeling that, yes, you know, I really made this world a better place. And through what I do, even though for a lot of a lot of people, they may think that what I do is a bit more like too woo-woo for them. But I find that I have really, really helped a lot of people. So back to what I said earlier at my father's funeral, if I were to drop date four and a half years ago at my father's, uh, you know, like the day after my, my father passed, people would just say that, oh, you know, she's kind of good in her career. She's kind of good in her studies. She's good looking. She's funny. That's about it. But yeah. right now, if I'm going to drop date tomorrow, I'm very, very sure that there will be thousands and thousands of people that would cry at my funeral and say that Sarah really, really helped me. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, it's something that I've reflected on a lot um, mm-hmm. in the past 18 months, I suppose. And mm-hmm. a lot of it is the reason why I'm doing this and I'm trying to tell uh, other women's stories Story. through this podcast is because I, I really feel that creating an impact, even if it's a small one, is so important. Um, if What is the purpose of us going through this life if we're not creating some kind of Im- an impact, if we're not leaving a trail? Yeah. Are we just um, going to die like this, you know? It's like if, yeah. you, if, you do, if you do something, if you create something that is very, very significant, even Carl Jung, like we, we talked about Carl Jung just now, he's already dead for a long time. But why until today, we're still talking about him? Why in psychology studies, we're still referencing him? Why in astrology studies, we're still referencing him? Because he created an impact. He created a legacy. And that is what all of us want to do ultimately. Yes, everyone's different. But ultimately, we want to create a legacy. And we want the people around us to love us and accept us for who we are. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So then what would be your advice for someone who is looking to the universe for guidance with a big life decision 
that they're, they might be struggling with right now? So don't, I would say that, you know, in a way, like stay in your lane because what is meant for you is meant for you. You, you, you don't need to follow what society tell you. Yeah. When I was in ab- advertising, it was what society told me. Yeah. I did not plan to get a bachelor degree in, in, uh, in, in, in communications. Originally, I wanted a bachelor degree in performing arts because performing arts was my dream. Mm-hmm. It was because when I was 18, my dad w- was already sick. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I need to be stable. I need to find a stable job. So I will go into communications because that is a stable job. If I have like a performing arts degree, what am I going to do if that really, you know, pass or something like that? So I yeah. followed for the first 10 years of my whole 20s, I was following what society told me to do. And mm-hmm. when I left my high-flying advertising career, I was like jet-setting all over Southeast Asia. I was heading an agency in Vietnam. And they would be like, Sarah, what the heck? You're going to leave your you know, high-flying advertising career and you're going to come back to Malaysia and be a witch? Hell? <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> but at that point of time, I, I knew deep down my decision wasn't what that society could accept. But deep down, it felt right. Yeah. And when business boomed in my very first year, everyone started to believe me. Yeah. So I would say that because the age of Aquarius, when you think of a person who's an Aquarius sign, Aquarius is a visionary. Mm-hmm. So what they can see in the future, people original, originally would think that, oh my God, this weirdo, what, what, what is this, all these things that are coming out from their mouth? But when it happened, people will start to believe. So I would say, I would say to all the women out there and those who are, li- I mean, women who are listening to this uh, podcast is that challenge the norm. What is right for society doesn't mean it's right for you. Yeah. Because even in, in academic studies, there is this theory called standing point theory or standpoint theory. Mm-hmm. Everybody will understand things from their own standing point. Mm-hmm. So nobody... In the, when, when I first started this business, nobody understood why I would leave my high-flying advertising career to become a witch. Yeah. But when business boom, when I've gotten media interviews and, you know, and a lot of followers and people started to believe in me, then they understood why. Yeah. So if you want to do something, just do it, basically. Yeah, <laughs> in, if in you summary, really believe it. Yeah, in summary, you know, if you want to do something, do it. The universe will protect you. Things will fall into place. Yeah. Even though there are hurdles on the way, the universe will always believe that the universe will protect you. And this is something that I find that a lot of people um, in like in the spiritual realm, when people start to become more spiritual, this is like the main thing that is very very hard for them, for them to let go and trust the universe. But when they do, everything will fall into place. Yeah. I I saw something recently that they said, um, if something is meant for you, then don't worry. It will find you. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. It, yeah. So people who are not ready to accept this message yet, they'll be like, mm, Sarah, what the hell are you talking about? You know, it's, it's, too, it's too woo-woo for me. It, the universe is giving you hurdles. Definitely, it will give you hurdles. It will give you all this human experience to realign you to that right path. Yeah. So what you're feeling right now, that frustration that you're feeling right now, that, you know, that calling, that, oh, that emptiness, it is actually pushing you to your own right direction. Mm. so today you may be doing a podcast but tomorrow you may be doing your own talk show you never know yeah 
Maybe, maybe. So what's next for you, Sarah? What do, what's in store for you in 2022? What are you going to focus on? I am quite excited, like, you know, for 2022, because I only have like roughly around six to eight months left for my PhD study. So next year, I'll be Dr. Sarah May. So, ah. so that's one, one exciting part. So that's something that I'm really looking forward to. And I'm not done with my studies yet, actually. So after, after I'm done with my PhD, I'm planning to take another um, a master's degree in clinical psychology. So my business, I am plat- I am want I'm wanting to expand my business to focus on two areas from like you know the spiritual point of view and also the scientific point of view. Yeah. Because even though everybody may think that it cannot come together, I'm a big believer that both scientific you know ideologies and spiritual ideologies can come together. Yeah. Because from from like a you know a psychology perspective, when I ask my clients, and a lot of my clients are actually going uh, going to a therapist. What the therapists are suggesting are actually spiritual practices. For example, mm-hmm. meditation. Mm-hmm. This is something that psychologists or psychiatrists they they um recommend. But meditation came from spiritual practice. Yeah. No, that's interesting. So that's the plan. So I'm planning to, you know, have a like my own healing center where I can do both. Mm-hmm. Air sign, right? Lifelong learner. Air sign. Yeah, <laughs> and we want to do everything. <laughs> Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sarah. This has been such a great chat. I've really enjoyed it. You are most welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. So there you have it. There are blue skies ahead in 2022, although we may still need to proceed with caution in the first half of this year. I found Sarah's approach to astrology and tarot really accessible as it is something that I found in Sarah's own words, a little bit woo-woo in the past. But I've actually now just booked a reading with her, so very interesting and a little bit nervous to see what that might bring up. If you would like to learn more about Sarah's work, book a reading, or learn to be a tarot reader yourself, I've linked to Sarah's website in the show notes. And that's all from me. I'll be back again next week. Bye. Bye.